It's Linda. It is me. Oh, I'm so sorry I'm late. Oh, you're perfectly on time because I was running late. Boy, worked out perfectly. Is it, is it raining where you are? It's been a gross rainy day down here in Baltimore, the land of pleasant living. Uh, it is also very rainy here in Williamsburg. This, this question um, came up when I was discussing going to record my podcast. You walk home from a spin class usually when we talk. Is that where you are tonight? Yes. Now, was, does it take a full 30 minutes to walk home from a spin class, or do you take the scenic route when you know the podcast is up? Um, it takes a proper 30 minutes. Wow. Um, That's quite a walk. Yeah, sometimes it's a little bit less, and uh, then I just, like, circle the block, or I'll, like, poke around at the fence that's on my corner. You'll poke around at the fence? Yeah, there's always, like, new graffiti on it, so I'll kind of, like, look at that. You gotta see who's going all city? Yeah. I like to spy on the neighbors. How are you on this rainy night? I'm pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I tell me about the ways in which you are good. Okay, well, I had two thoughts. Uh, one, one was lateness. So, my uh, spin class instructor—it's it's a rainy day, and I feel like rainy days are—they always cause delays, and I don't really feel like it's always other people's fault that they're late on rainy days because, like, it just seems like the whole world shuts down and delays you. So unless you were planning ahead by giving yourself like a 30-minute head start in your schedule, chances are something's going to happen. Like the trains will be delayed or whatever. And uh, so this instructor was late by like 15 minutes. And it's only a 45-minute class. Yeah. That's a lot for an instructor, I think. Yeah. And so I always leave myself 10 minutes after class to kind of, you know, get my wits about me and get ready. And I usually have a few minutes to stand outside and then accept your call. Um, but since she was late, that then made it so that we all had to leave the class late. And then I was like, oh no, and then Andy's going to call and I'm going to be late. Oh no. Did you not have time to catch your breath and get settled? I did. I had just enough time. How long does it take you after an, a strenuous spin class before you feel good again? Um, well, since I've been doing it for a long time, it takes about 30 seconds. Like, it, it, it doesn't take any time. But pretty much as soon as I'm off the bike and done exerting myself, you know, you have to, like, use a little wet wipe to clean it off and walk up to you, put your shoes on. So. And then you're just back to feeling, like, normal? Yeah. I feel normal and I feel, like, rejuvenated. I feel like I got a lot of blood in my face. <laughs> that's good. That's good. You want to have blood all over. That's, that's one of my rules for health. <laughs> Make sure that blood is spread out. Yeah, and yesterday uh, I went to spin class, and this girl who's always in my class with me, she stubbed her toe on one of the bikes, and um, she was like, oh, God, this really, really hurts, and so we were sitting there before class started, and uh, I was like, it's probably fine, like, there's no visible blood, and then... I'm a doctor. uh, Yeah, and then she took her sock off, and her toe was just bright purple, (laughs) and I was like, oh, boy, that doesn't look good, but then she just, like, went, did a whole class. And then today she was there again, and I was like, "How's it going?" She's like, "Oh, I had to go to the urgent care, and I totally broke my toe." <laughs> so she stubbed her, her toe so hard that she broke it, and then proceeded to do a spin class. And then she came back the next day. She did more. the spin class. Yeah, she did the entire class. Yeah. 
So it turns out you're not adopted then. Uh, Still a little anyways. ways to go on that medical degree. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> what, like is, that. what is that from? That was a spinoff of uh, Schwarzenegger's It's Not the Tuma. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm cool. I got it. You're very cool. That's yeah. what cool kids do. Um, that's all. Oh, and then another thought that I had that I wanted to talk to you about was mm. uh, I wanted to see if this is happening in Baltimore. Um, if the little uh, Christmas tree vendors are lining up on the sidewalks in various parts of the city. No, we don't, you... we don't really have that in Baltimore at all. I think partially it's a smaller city, so it's a shorter distance to get to like a normal Christmas tree vendor, uh -huh. such that there is not much demand on, you know, other Christmas tree vendors. Also, Baltimore's public transit is very iffy, especially relative to New York, so there's very few people I would say, well, I guess I shouldn't. There's a smaller portion of the population that does not own a car, I would guess, in Baltimore City than New York City. I, I would guess a drastically smaller part of the population. Got it. So you're just out there walking around, uh, or you're not out there walking around, and instead you drive to a, a tree lot, and do you, like, are there, like, cool lots right outside of the city that are serving, like, cider and pies and stuff? Well, there's a couple of options. So most of the people... I know, actually, just get their tree at Whole Foods, which is like the lamest thing you could possibly say. But the Whole Foods in Baltimore have trees in them, and you can just pick one up and scan it and then walk home with it, which is what is at least one friend of mine did. That's some bullshit. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to get a tree from Bezos, you know? Yeah. Not into that. So that's an option. There's a really cool option that I think a restaurant does, sponsors this in the, in the town. Or something, but basically there's an option where you can, I think it's like 75 bucks or something, and a bike courier with a trailer will bring you your tree and deliver it to your house in their like bike trailer, and they'll also bring a big pork sandwich, and that's a thing you can do. Oh, God. That's so Portland. Like, but wait, I live I in actually, Baltimore. Yeah, but they, that's so Portland. I kind of hate that more than the whole foods thing. You hate that more? Yeah. Let's unpack this. Tell me what you hate about this. I hate how... I feel like the kind of person who does that is the kind of person who says, well, actually, and corrects people about things they know a tiny bit about. Okay, well, I do you actually dislike the thing, or do you just dislike what you perceive to be the culture around the thing? The culture around the thing. The actual idea uh, of having a tree delivered via bicycle with a big pork sandwich is not offensive to you? Right, and a pork sandwich, too. I mean, come on, you might as well also, like... And some mustache wax. Yeah, exactly. Some mustache wax and a mason jar full of, like... Kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck off. Just go fucking <laughs> buy a tree from, like, a little family that... Has been doing it the same way. <laughs> From a little family that's been raising this one tree. This is their one cash cow. <laughs> and they're just waiting yeah. for the right buyer to come along and take their prize exactly. tree from them. Uh, I just love going to those little tree farms. But I, I really love New York's wintertime tree thing. Because all of these little sidewalk tree vendors pop up. 
And it feels so much like when the carnies come to town. Mm. You're just like, who are these people? Where did they come from? And they're so good at, like, selling you and upselling you. And they have all these extra little accoutrements and, like, wreaths. And it just seems like a... I just feel like I expect to see little baggies of goldfish next to the trees, too. Oh, you mean actual living goldfish, not a bag full of goldfish snacks. <laughs> right. Right. Like a living, breathe, not breathing, but... Uh, swimming goldfish did you like the carnival growing up i loved it in georgia it was the best it was like uh a sign that fall is here Mm. and yeah uh, i i do admit i have what do you say is that hillary in the background i don't think you can hear her she's like all the way downstairs i can barely make out a little bit of her voice but there's like multiple doors between us it's a good headphones she did say she said here's what she said she said quote Say hello to Linda, even though she doesn't know anything about me. <laughs> and I was like, she knows something about you. I talk about you constantly. I know. <laughs> it's going to be awkward when I finally meet her in real life someday, because I'll be like, hi, I know everything about you, and I talk about you on a weekly basis <laughs> in a public setting. Is it going to be awkward? Don't make it awkward. It's going to be fine. It's going to be normal. It'll be normal. It'll be fine. Anyways, I'm sorry to Also, it's going to be in like a weekend or two. It's like two weeks from now. We're going to all hang out. <gasps> yes. Unless your plans have changed. No. We're good. Sweet. But put it on the calendar so that they don't change. <laughs> right. All right. I'll, I'll pick an actual hour and I'll, I'll send you. Yeah. A, I'll send you an evite. Throw something on there. It'd be great. I I definitely can empathize with your feeling of like fall is here because the carnival is in town. We called it the fair where I grew up. It wasn't called the carnival. It's called the Goshen Fair. And fair. So I liked that aspect of it. Like I liked. Actually, what I have the strongest emotional attachment to is, for some reason, I only did this for one year, I think, but like my sophomore year or junior year of high school, I was involved with the group that decided to make a uh, to make the, the float for the homecoming parade. Is this thing you had in your high school? Yeah. Like every class made a float, and then you would parade them out, and the deal was you had to have the coolest float. You know, I was artsy guy, so everyone wanted me to help out to, like, draw pictures of whatever the float was about. I did that one year, and it was, like, you know, a week of every day after school going over to some person's house in my grade and, like, hang out with my friends and working on this thing. And it was dark early, and we're hanging out in the dark and working on this float and brisk fall weather. I remember, like, wearing a sweatshirt. I have such visceral fall memories associated with, like, this one time I made this float. And it's, like, I have a some small portion of that i also feel a little i feel a twinge of that when i think about the goshen fair but i actually hated the fair i didn't like it it freaked me out what was on your float oh i could not tell you let me try and remember i remember that we had like an old car that we used like someone had a junker that like barely ran that we like used as the foundation for the float and we also had a trailer we towed behind it like a platform Ooh. trailer we put stuff on and people were standing on it. I remember that. I so cannot dangerous. for life me remember any kind of theme or what we actually did. Yeah. We had um, homecoming, but only the people on homecoming court could have floats. And so you're supposed to like pair up with somebody else on homecoming court and put a float together. And so you so, didn't have a, a float for the freshmen and the sophomores and the juniors. You had a float for the king and the no. queen. Uh, not even the king and the queen. It was just like anyone who was nominated. Oh, and, and then they would like trot out their chariots and joust for yeah. who gets to be king of high school. 
so stupid. I mean, who knows? Maybe each student body had one or something, but um, like each class president, who knows? But uh, me and my friend Josh, we were both on homecoming court one year. We're still friends to this day. And um, you would be on homecoming court. <laughs> well, it was a year that my boyfriend was popular, and I think I was popular by proxy because the next two or three years. I definitely was not on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Go ahead. Try and diminish your popularity in high school. I get it. You were listening to Pablo Honey back then. You were cool. (laughs) I was cool. Um, I was that kid who was just friends with everyone, you know? Yeah, I can picture that. But Josh, his dad had a boat. And so Mm. we put like a pirate flag. We put a pirate flag on the boat. And And just towed uh, a boat in a parade. And we're like, this is our float. We towed a boat. Yeah, get it? Because it floats. Oh, I get it. <laughs> why, are, why are they called floats? Do you know? That's a really good question. It does kind of look like a floating thing. I guess so. Yeah, it's just hovering. Well, this isn't a podcast about facts, so Google it if you want, people. It's not why you're here. Yeah, let's just say that that is what it's called, and that is why. Because mm. it looks all floaty. Mm, I bet it's an acronym for Fabulous, Luxurious, Opulent... And trailer. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but it's in parentheses and trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a float. That's what it means. <laughs> I like that. It is a windy, rainy night, Andy. It oh, I can crazy. tell. You, it sounds like you're in the middle of a whirlwind. I fucking am. It's, it's blustery nuts. out there. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? How was your weekend in Turkey and stuff? Oh, yeah. It was Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving was good. It was not interesting for as podcast content because it was just uneventful which was nice no okay. miniature foods uh no i i just did uh i did dim sum this year instead of miniature thanksgiving so i just made a bunch right. of chinese food uh which worked out and for regular actual thanksgiving we had it at my aunt's house and she just bought food because she doesn't like cooking so that was uneventful no drama which is about all you can ask for from a family so can't complain that is really great yeah, I used to really like Thanksgiving as a kid, and as I get older, I, I have less and less emotional attachment to it, I feel. Yeah, we never really celebrated it when I was a kid, so I have zero yeah, attachment to it. Yeah. I, just, I just remember liking that it was the most low-stakes kind of holiday. Like, yeah. Christmas... I, I mean, obviously I liked Christmas, because it's Christmas and you get shit, and that's cool when you're a kid right. it's cool when you're an adult too hey it's just cool to get you people but uh but it, honestly christmas always like even as a kid it stressed me out a little bit like i get very stressed out when i'm receiving gifts i hate receiving gifts uh, <laughs> you hate the prizes you hate is the wind by the way too bad to even hear me oh no we can hear you okay cool it, um, it's it's, yeah, it's, you- it's it's ambiance I, I can picture you, the five-star yeah. review right now. Loved that I could barely he- <laughs> hear Linda. It really set the scene. Um, but uh, okay, no, I, was, so I, you, I don't, I don't think I hate surprises. Hate Wait, what would you say? I missed that one. You hate gifts. Yeah, I don't think I actually hate surprises that much. I don't. I definitely don't like them. Like, I don't want anyone to throw me a surprise party. But I often, I do often fantasize about it. Do you do this a lot? Where like. You'll be out doing something, and you'll be like, I wonder if I came home right now, if there'd be a surprise party waiting for me. Has that ever happened to you? Um, I think when I was a little kid, I thought that. Oh, I still I haven't have had elaborate fantasies about like people throwing a party for me, even though I don't really want it. <laughs> so, 
I don't think I do, but it's just like, I often, I oftentimes have this realization where like, just the way that my day has played out, I've realized this is the perfect moment to try and throw a surprise party for me. Like I had some, I had some obligation I had to do that required me to be away from the house and be away from Hillary for a while. And it would be a perfect opportunity for everyone to like trick me. But I don't expect it, obviously. I'm not like disappointed when it doesn't happen. It just, it crosses my mind. Like here, this is the perfect recipe right now for there to be a surprise. Oh, God damn it. When I open this door, there better not be a perfectly planned surprise party on the other end. That's the weird thing my brain does, though. Like, I I can't go through the world and not have that thought of like, oh, this is a perfect surprise party moment, (laughs) which is a dumb thought to have. Oh, my God, yeah. It's a weird way. I don't have those thoughts. Oh, I definitely do. have all kinds of weird thoughts like that. Um, I assume that people will not celebrate me. Well, yeah, I I don't expect it. I know that. (laughs) Nonetheless, my brain fills in the gaps. But uh, I I don't think I would hate that as much. I really, truly, like... The aspect, the, the idea of getting gifts in front of other people, and even the like minor performance that happens when you open a gift and people are watching you expectantly, it's like hell on earth to me. Like I, I cannot understand how people actually like that, uh, and it it so outweighs any like pleasure I get from the surprise of opening something as, as a gift for me. That I just, even as a kid, I really hated it. I know. I get that. It's cringy. Do you have that feeling too? Yeah, I don't. I don't like it when one person gives me a gift and I have to open it in front of them. I hate. Yeah, gifts. that's especially intimate. Not my love language, Andy. Do you buy into that love language stuff? Fuck yeah. What's your love language? Touchy touch. If, if you want to spoil, you say touchy touch. <laughs> Just touch me. That's all you gotta do. And I'm like, ah, hello. <laughs> No, uh, I love spoilers. I am very touchy, spoilers but like, for Linda. <laughs> I am very uh, cuddly and cute. Hey, Austin, how's it going? Uh, my barista slash DJ in the neighborhood. Wait, is that uh, the guy that has the uh, mini like mini Lego coffee shop? No, different different barista. How many baristas <laughs> are you on a first name basis with? Uh, one, two, it's probably like six, five or six. Six? Yeah. There are six shop. different baristas in in your city that if you walked in, they would go, "Oh, hey, Linda." Uh, yeah. I re- I think that like right now, like actively working in my neighborhood, probably more like four. Holy but, moly! Yeah, there was one barista that I knew who was even a contemporary dancer. And she had little flyers out for her dance performance thing. And it was like this really cool contemporary theater, and I'd never been to anything like that. And she was like, Linda, if you want to go, here's the thing. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll go. She was like, really? Yeah. And then I went, and she saw me at the end of the show, and she was like, holy shit, nobody ever actually does that. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Linda. I'm like, huh? Yeah, baristas are people, too. I know that. I just... I. I don't no, think with any I'm... businesses enough for anybody to know me. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like there are, like, three coffee shops in my life. Um, three or four that I go to regularly. And each one has, like, two or three people that I see all the time. Like, this morning, uh, there's an ice cream shop that serves really, really good coffee near my co-working space. And there's a girl there named Morgan. And Morgan is the shit. And every time I go in there, 
we have a great conversation about the patriarchy and we're like, fuck the man. And I'm like, have a great day. I love you. <laughs> that sounds very pleasant. Yeah. I really like that aspect of living in the kind of city you live in. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Exactly. Anyways, that's probably what we were talking about. Sorry. We are talking about gifts. Oh, and also, yeah, you don't have to be boring. sorry. That's the whole point of this podcast. We just ramble. Exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love languages. I love to be touched. I love to touch. I love... Uh, I think that communication is big for me and, like, quality time. Words of assurance is what the, is one of the ones, right? Or words of affirmation. affirmation. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it doesn't have to be, like, I love you. I love you. I love you. It's more just, like, hey, here's how I feel. And I'm not going to leave you in the dark. I will tell you what's going on in my brain. Yeah. That's a big one for me. So it sounds like everything but gifts is your love language. <laughs> yeah, but then there's like acts of service, which... Oh, right. A, are there four yeah. love languages? I thought there were three. I guess there are four. Yeah, there's like four or five. But... Uh, you don't fuck with acts of service? Not really, because I think that it is really nice. I think it's better for me than gift giving. Um, like yesterday I was doing some yard work and I got some help with that. And that was like, oh my God, I feel so like loved and taken care of. Even if it's just by a friend. Like, wow, you went out of your way to help me with this thing? For no reason? That's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like all of them apply to me depending on the day. It did you look them up? Oh, I, I, this is a conversation I've had in the past with people. People have yeah. asked me before what my love language is, and I'm like, I don't know, all of them, probably. <laughs> it, it I does, love that. One thing that kind of bums me out is that, the, specifically the words of affirmation, like, that is a very difficult thing, I feel, because, you know, like, I tell her I love her every single day, but it just it becomes white noise just by, the, by the nature of, like, doing anything every single day. It becomes meaningless. But then it's like, do you intentionally do it less and like withhold it so it matters sometimes and it feels like a weird game? So I feel like, and it, it, I don't know, like I feel it happening and I I know it happens and it's to some degree inevitable and it doesn't change, I don't think, you know, how Hillary thinks I feel about her. But it's sad. It's sad that like the words get robbed of all meaning. Meanwhile, you know, getting to that point with a friend or somebody else you know, that's important to you, that word all has so much meaning. It's like, you know, this powerful thing that can yeah. say so much, and then it just loses all of it. It becomes this kind of drab shell of its former self. Yeah, and I think that that's where people rely too much on the O word to say the complex things inside their head about a person. And, like, I think that in relationships in the past, for me, like, uh, especially with Colin, there is this really, like beautiful way that he would just like ask me how I'm feeling and make my feelings feel valid and I think that like that's where the affirmation comes in and just being like uh you're a person who has ideas in their head and feelings and stuff and my way of loving you right now is to not only listen to your words when you say them to me but to like go out of my way to ask yeah I feel like that's kind of lumped up and all that where that I don't know sometimes just being asked very genuinely how was your day how do you feel right, right now 
I feel like that goes a really long way, like even farther than just saying, love you, bye. Well, yeah, but even that's hard to do. Like, I think it's hard if you ask somebody every day how their day was. I mean, that also becomes this, like, ritual habit where you just kind of, like, are answering in shorthand. And, like, I I think it's, like, emotional labor on both parties to make that not become just more relationship white noise. Direct eye contact. Say, hey, how are you feeling? Pause. Pause and wait. I don't know. It's hard. Or maybe it's all bullshit. Real Andy. Well, then I just wonder if people that you know they would say their love language is words of affirmation. If they just if it doesn't feel as like cold and dead to them as it does to me, like maybe I mean as is most of the things in my life, I just tend to overanalyze and overthink things. So maybe I'm just yeah. overfeeling about that. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. Huh. Words. They mean things. Word. We say them to communicate ideas. That's true. I went to my therapist today and she started the session by being like, Hey, are we cool? Oh, interesting. <laughs> I was like, like what? That's a little <laughs> apparently- weird and kind of breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, it was it was very weird to have the fourth wall being broken. Because normally you sit down, it's like, how are you doing today? What do you want to talk about? Um, but she was just like, I just want to make sure we're cool. Because I picked up a vibe last time. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> that is really interesting. Well, well, I mean, was- we don't have to disclose if you want, but like, what, how do you feel about that? Like, Do you feel like that's unprofessional and strange? Or do you appreciate that she's being open about it or, or what i feel i appreciate it um it, it, it gives me more questions than i had going into my session today that's for sure because now i'm like wait, wait well are, are, are we cool <laughs> <You know? laughs> like is, <laughs> do you want to stop seeing me is that what you're trying to say or are you just like like it's it's not like, you it's me <laughs> me yeah, it's like, hey, I feel like I upset you. I'm like, what do you feel like I upset you? Do you feel upset that I, I oh, didn't pick God, up? Oh God, even you like pretending <laughs> to play out that conversation is like harrowing to me. <laughs> I uh, fucking hate that loop of like, well, I'm upset because you seem upset. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, please God, let it not be that. But Throw it all into the saying, ocean. So she asks a lot of really leading questions, and it's not the type of therapy where someone's just standing there saying like you are great you are right you are wonderful is that a type of therapy and when i started working with her i think that this um are there to listen and to like give you a place to think through your feelings kind of on your own or to like have a place to be heard and i think that everyone has their own style Mm -hmm. and there were a few things that i said during our last session where she kind of challenged me and she asked me some leading questions that felt almost not like she wasn't on my side, but that she was like helping me to see things from a new perspective. And she was like, at least, she was like, Linda, why are you such a shitty person? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's a good question. <laughs> why am I such a shit? Of all your terrible traits, what would you say is the least <laughs> terrible? Yeah. Uh, but I, I really like that because when I started, I told her that I wanted, I was there to do some work. I wanted to pick apart my patterns that I have and figure out why I do certain things. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. 
I told her, no, this is why I'm here. This is, uh, I don't, I don't need someone to just pat me on the back once a week and tell me how great I am. That's why you have this um, podcast. And that's what my grandma's for. Exactly. Um, me and but, your grandma. We're on team Linda. <laughs> Grandy. <laughs> <laughs> the next, uh, next hot Hollywood couple. <laughs> and so she said that she wondered if I felt like she was being, uh, judgy or judgmental and i was like no i didn't really pick that up i was like i mean you definitely kind of caught me off guard with the way that you weren't just like oh i'm sorry you feel that way and instead you were like well what if you weren't such a dick um <laughs> but but that's okay too and I, I enjoyed it anyways it was it was interesting and i i like i like seeing this person i'm gonna keep going back to her for a while there you go found somebody that challenged you yeah plus her office is in park slope and i love going down there it's so cozy that's like the expensive neighborhood right where everything's fancy big brownstones yes and this office has been there forever and each room is themed for some reason it's so old and topsy-turvy and i feel like it's what a house in harry potter would look like um each room is themed like a weird motel there's like a firefighter room and like a a dragon room or like what kind of things are we talking about so it kind of feels like a grandma who's really into cartoons decorated it in the 30s oh um, so it's like one one room is all like really Lots old of mickey, mickey mouse stuff. <laughs> basically like one room is all old mickey mouse stuff and then um but like old mickey mouse when mickey mouse was like creepy as fuck i was gonna say it sounds <laughs> creepy as hell it is really creepy, but I like it. I like that about it. It's just strange. Well, cool. Yeah. What are you eating? Oh, you can tell. Damn it. I was ah. trying to take some scallion pancake. It took longer to cook yeah. than I expected. And I'm hungry. Nice. But I'm not trying delicious. to disrespect our listeners by eating on mic. No, it's all good, man. You do you. Do you. Mm. I'm going to go make some curried chicken. You do that, Linda. Are you home? Yeah, I am. This is good. I'm going to now, now that I know the deal with uh, with how you walk, I'm going to make you end the podcast instead of me, because I always feel this weird social pressure. Ah. 30 minutes comes up to like somehow wrap it up. I don't want you to feel like I'm cutting you off whenever you're in the middle of a thought. So now it's oh, your job, Linda. I'm just going to talk until you tell me to stop every week. This is great, because I can come up with a cool sign-off, um, which I think this week will be something like, hey, fuck you, Andy. <laughs> 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 yeah. Wait, are we cool? <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to call me next week to find out. Oh, no. That's I can't handle this kind of stress. Did. That's what my therapist did to me. Can't just, like, throw that out there when I'm not going to see you for a week. Like, what? What? Hmm. Okay. Anyway, I hope you're Well, this has been Earth to Linda. I'm Earth. That's Linda. <laughs> Here's what you can do, actually. So, uh... How do you feel? We can cut this out if you don't want. Ready? And the podcast ends here if Linda doesn't, Linda doesn't like this idea. Okay. Pause. Uh, how do you feel about encouraging our listeners to review us on iTunes? Do you feel like this is trashy and completely pointless? Do you feel like it is a good idea? Tell me your thoughts. Um, yeah. I mean, if it makes you feel good, why not Like, let other people know that this will make them feel good? But if yeah. you hate it, then fucking do whatever you want. It's if your you hate, life. If you, if you hate listening to this podcast, then fuck you. Then you fuck creep. you. This is what you, you like. You like when we say fuck you. 
can call my therapist. Man, the, gar- the garbage man didn't come today. That's a bummer. There's a whole bunch of trash out here. Anyways, yeah. Review our podcast, people. If you like it, tell other people you like it. I don't care how you do it. You can do it on iTunes. You can do it on Twitter. I don't care. You can do it on the toilet. Yeah, you can sit on the toilet and, and write a review about our podcast. In fact, if you are doing that from the toilet, I insist you mention it in the review. And I insist that you tweet me and let me know that you just did that because it'll be funny. Yes. It'll cheer me Fun up. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> you want to cheer Linda up, don't you? Listener? Duh. Once you hate listening, Duh. you fucking asshole. All right, we're like done. You. Go eat curried chicken, Linda. All right, go eat pancakes. I'm going to do it. Bye. Good night.